Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Evening Thoughts. My name is Sam, and I am the host of the show. Thank you so much for joining me again this evening. And wherever you are listening from, thank you for taking the time to tune into my show. I see that I have five new listeners to the show, and I want to welcome each of you specifically. And thank you for subscribing to this podcast. It means a lot to me. Last week, we had a pretty heavy conversation, didn't we? about what not to say to those who are grieving as a result of loss in their lives. And I'll be honest, as I reflected upon that episode, I realized how weighty and serious that sort of conversation can be. At least it felt that way for me. But although it was a heavy conversation, I want you to know that these are the kind of conversations that I want to have. These conversations are important for you and me because at some point in our lives, we will have to have these conversations in real life with those whom we love. I may have said this before, but my experience as a hospital chaplain has changed me. I came out from five years as working in the hospital as a hospital chaplain with an almost fascination with grief. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not so much that grief is something that I enjoy, but I have seen firsthand, I have experienced that in times of immense grief, that there's glimpses of beauty, that there's glimpses of hope. It is in times of my own grief and observing others grieve that a timely word or a timely statement from someone was all the difference that was needed. So in this episode, I want to revisit the topic of grief, but more importantly, this episode is entitled, Six Things You Should Say and Do for Grieving People. You may ask, why six? I think it's because I want to be consistent with my last episode. Really, six is an arbitrary number that I just picked. Please know that all the things on my list tonight is from my own experience, and I have said these things to real people in real-life situations. Also, please be reminded that the timing and being cautious of appropriate opportunities are important when using the things that I have said and done on my list. Again, in this episode... I want to share with you six things that you should say and do for those who are grieving as a result of loss. Please know that, I, again, I speak from my own experience as a former hospital chaplain, and my experience may differ from yours. You may disagree with my list, and if you do, I'd love to hear from you still. Please let me know your thoughts at eveningthoughts@hopnell.com. So, onward we go. Number one, ask the surviving family member to share with you what the person whom they lost was like. Let me say that again. Ask the surviving family member to share with you 
what the person whom they lost was like. Let me give a quick story uh, and explain. A couple months ago, a Marine came into my office and told me that he had lost his uncle. He was teary, and I let him cry, putting my hand on his shoulders as a sign of my condolences. Then I said, I know he meant so much to you. Would you mind telling me a little bit about him? I'd love to hear what he was like. He thought for a minute, and then he told me about the great man he knew as his uncle. And it turned out that his uncle was more like a father figure than anything else. The Marine's father had left him when he was a baby, and his uncle stepped up and was a father. He taught him how to work on cars and took him fishing whenever he could. He was the one who was there at his graduation and even cheered him on when he became a Marine. So he was more than just an uncle. He was his dad. At one point, the Marine told a hilarious story about his uncle, and both of us sat there cracking up. Can you believe that? In the midst of his intense grief and tears, he was able to laugh and remember the good times they had together. He even said, Chaps, that is the way I choose to remember him. Now, not all interactions turn out this way, but when given the opportunity, would you be curious enough and ask if they can share with you a little bit of how the person was like? It may not always be appropriate, but when the timing is just right, this can be a powerful way for the person to invite you into their story. Number two, you can say, I'm so sorry for your loss. Now, let me get this out of the way. Some people will tell you not to say this, and I can see their point. Someone might say, you don't have to lose someone just because they have died. And guess what? They are right. Some others may say that grief is not a loss, and I can see their point too. Still, others may just hate the way that this phrase has become a cliché, and people may say this as a default thing to say because they don't know what else to say. I can also see that point as well. These are all valid points. However, personally, I think that this statement still can be said because death of a person's loved one is in many ways a loss of a future together, a loss of dreams together, and a loss of sharing their lives together. So I would personally say that it is a good thing to say to someone. However, if you feel uncomfortable with this phrase, how about this one? I'm so sorry for your suffering. The word sorry signifies a deep heartfelt place of compassion, and the suffering can be a, an acknowledgement of the challenges that grief can bring. What do you guys think about that? Would you prefer that we don't say, I'm sorry for your loss. I'd I love to hear your reasons, if yes or no. Please let me know. Three, I am here for you whenever you need me. 
Now, if you say this, you must show up. You must be there. Some call this the ministry of presence. There's a lot to be said of someone who consistently shows up, isn't there? You see, when someone loses a loved one to death, many times they have overwhelming support at the beginning. They may even feel smothered by all the support they're getting, but it is the following months and years after the passing of their loved one that they may need ongoing, consistent support. When you tell someone you are there, they may not need you right away, but will you be there long after the phone calls have stopped? Will you be there long after people have stopped coming around? There is just something special to be said of someone who shows up year after year. Number four, it is good to cry and it is okay not to cry. Now, I've done a whole episode entitled Real Men Cry. And my point in that episode was that our culture has created the stigma against men crying. Men who cry are seen as weak. But actually, men who cry are stronger and healthier. Sometimes it is perfectly helpful to remind men and women that it is okay to cry. However, on the other hand, it is okay not to cry. I've heard from those who are grieving say to me, I haven't cried yet. Should I be crying now? And the truth is, it is okay to cry, but it is okay not to cry. The tears may come but they don't have to come right away. They may not come for a while or ever. It does not mean that you are not grieving any less than someone who is crying. Your grief is precisely that. It is yours. You don't have to feel pressure to grieve like someone else. Now, when you tell someone that it is okay to cry or not to cry, be careful that you don't jump too quickly into that conversation. Be watchful. And if the opportunity presents itself, giving someone permission to cry and even permission not to cry can be a powerful way to help them grieve well. Number five, listen. Many times, people that want to comfort those who are hurting talk too much. In fact, it is best to be minimal in what you say and to do a whole lot of listening and observing. Be attentive to the needs of the person in grief. A good listener does not have to have preloaded answers at the ready. A good listener is not trying to impart wisdom at every opportunity. A good listener tries to see beyond what is being said and what is not being said. A good listener repeats back to the person what they have said, but in different words. This is a powerful way for you to validate what the other person said and help them to feel heard. When I listen to someone, I do my best to take a bird's eye view of what they're saying. It helps me not to get lost in the details and see what the big picture is. Now remember this, it, this is not a game. It is not a game to guess what the other person is saying or not saying. It is simply a way for you to stop and slow down your thoughts and see the real needs of the person who is grieving. A good listener does not have to say a lot, but when they do say something, it usually is a well-thought-out word of truth. 
And finally, number six. We covered this in my last episode, but for the last one, I would say that silence is often the best thing to say or not to say. Most often than not, being silent and allowing the tension to exist can be a gift to those who need the quiet. I think many of us are uncomfortable with silence and try to break it by saying something, but perhaps the silence is exactly what is needed. Next time when there is silence, don't rush through it. Don't feel like you have to be the one to break it. Observe faces, observe body language, and let the silence linger a little longer than you think it should. Perhaps that is exactly what the person needs. Well, that is it for me tonight. I hope that even if you don't agree with me on my list, that it has been beneficial for you in some way. I realize that these topics of grief may stir up in you some heavy emotions. If you find yourself in need of talking to someone, please know that I am available to talk. You can email me at eveningthoughts at hotmail.com and leave a phone number, and I will call you. Before I let you go, I would like to again say a big thank you for all your support. As you know, this is relatively a new podcast show, and I'm fine-tuning my audio, and I'm trying to improve uh, every episode. And as I'm about to hit my 20th episode uh, here pretty soon, I want you to know that I'm not doing this for money or fame. I'm doing this show because it is a passion project. I'm passionate about the topics that I bring up. It comes from my experience as a chaplain and as a pastor for over 20 years, and I love the fact that I can share this with you. So thank you for allowing me to do that with you every week. God bless you, and may he shine his light on you. And as always, peace and blessings. Good night.